0: Welcome to the Wealth Academy Podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Good. Day, now, good here's day, your host, everyone. Paul it's Lawrence Wealth Academy Podcast. And glad that you could be with us today. And remember our mantra wealth is more than just money because our totality of life is more than just dollars and cents. It's worth a lot more. In fact, it's priceless. Our particular episode today is going to be really amazing. It's a coaching session with our enter to win participant by the name of Robin Michelle. Robin, good day and how are you doing, my friend?
1: Good afternoon, Paul. Good evening, Paul. I'm doing great and thanks for having me
0: honored to have you here today. And with this coaching session, uh, what's going to take place is Robin Michelle. She's going to ask me some money questions, financial questions, money mindset questions. And this is all to help her as well as to help all the listeners. And when you look at it, it's to help me too, (laughs) because that's what it all comes down to. So let me give you a little bit about uh, Robin's background. Now, Robin Michelle uh, as I mentioned before, she's this week's Enter to Win participant in week three. I have 49 weeks to go, everyone. She works in the Vance County School System in the Henderson, North Carolina, my hometown. And she's a proud graduate of North Carolina Central University. Go Eagles. Yeah. So thank you very much. People who are listening to this that know about North Carolina Central, they know exactly what we're talking about. So Robin, welcome to Wealth Academy podcast community, and it's an honor to coach you and introduce you to listeners in this community. And during this coaching session, I'm going to address a few of your money questions during this episode. And we're going to have a lot of fun doing it because that's the best way to discover something new. So Robin, uh, let's get started. And what question do you have for me pertaining to money or perhaps having a money mindset and our financial intelligence? I'm ready to go.
1: All right, Paul, my question is centered around the stimulus. I'm um, the second stimulus that was um, approved, what is the reason for the delay? And where can people track their stimulus check?
0: Well, I tell you, Robin, that's a great question. And many, many people have been wondering what exactly happened to that second stimulus? We know the first stimulus in and of itself came out, you had direct deposit, it made it in no time flat. You almost wondered, how did they know my information? But they did. And so we all assumed the same thing would happen because that's what was being communicated from the uh, Treasury Department uh, uh, Secretary Steve Mnuchin. And um, they stated that the initial, checks that were sent out on the second round were actually sent to the wrong people. In other words, uh, what may have been sent to me went to someone else and vice versa. And so there was a mix up and uh, they said, okay, you can go online and track it. That's what the the people in the news media are stating. That's what the internal revenue uh, website is stating. So that's uh, irs.gov.gov. And you go to this website one would put in their social security number their date of birth and they would state what their home address is not not the full address just the uh, first the number and whatever street is and then it will indicate to you whether it has been sent forwarded to you direct deposit or mail or it was simply, we don't have enough information you're going to have to do more. So I did a little bit of research on it, Robin. And that's why I say you have a great question. And the research I found out was that what is happening now, the Internal Revenue Service is backlogged. They have moved, of course, the filing date, the starting date from uh, January the 27th, in, in that time frame, that week time frame, to, I believe, February the 12th, give or take. And uh, they're doing that to get caught up because of the stimulus checks being backed up. But when people file their stimulus check, there's going to be a line item on the document you file if you're filing it yourself or if you're filing it with someone else. And it will indicate uh, if you've received the second stimulus or not. And so that's where it is right now, it's hung up uh, with the new administration coming in with President Biden and, and Vice President Harris. Uh, I believe they're going to put they're having people actually being put into office today. They're going through the Senate for confirmation. And once they get the people in place, they're going to have to ramp it up real fast. And I believe that's why it was moved. The starting date was moved from uh, late January to early February. So that's where they are right now. In other words, uh, you can go on irs.gov. And then you'll see the button that asks the status of the stimulus and you'll be able to press on there and provide the information. And it will it will tell you exactly what you need to know.
1: All right. Thank you. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank
1: you. My next question is, um, Paul, with the start of 2021, what do you recommend people do to position themselves to have a strong physical year? Well, financial financial year.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, this is so important. I was watching a news report today, Robin, and what they were saying in this report is that the uh, debt, the amount of debt uh, when when President Trump started in office, it was $584 billion. That's the total U.S. debt. And now with him leaving effective tomorrow is $3 trillion. And so what did that tell you? it tells you and me that the businesses have been shuttered, that people are not receiving payment. They're receiving unemployment insurance in some cases. Some businesses are operating at 50% capacity. Others are not operating at all. And some of those not operating at all will never open again. So what people need to do right now is to reset, rethink, and really take another look at all of their finances. And part of that is looking to, find out where we are, how many assets do you have? How much debt does one have? Is it a mortgage, is it rent, is it car payment, is it utilities, healthcare insurance, et cetera. And get a, a piece of paper and just calculate what that is. And uh, if you're in the, the positive side of things then it means you can just go on and continue to pay that, make those payments as per usual. But if you're behind, the first thing I recommend people do is contact their creditors and ask them, you know, you understand the situation, we have a pandemic, the uh, states have been closed, the country has been closed for upwards of 11 months now, well, 10 months now. And as a result, people are just not able to make their payment. They're having a hard time getting food. And so the uh, food banks are inundated Uh, If it were not for the nonprofit organizations, then some people wouldn't even eat. And so what I recommend people to do is take a look at all their finances, contact any creditors if they get behind and uh, their evictions were supposed to be stopped. I hold on them, but many are stating, no, we're gonna have to move forward because the people who own those properties, those apartments and the banks that own the houses have the mortgage on the house, the deed to the house. uh, All of those people want to, be made whole again, meaning they want their their money. And so what I uh, recommend that people do is to uh, make an assessment of everything they owe, pay off what you can pay off, even if it's 10% of what the total bill is. And I'm gonna give you uh, one reason why I say this, Robin, it's because in 2008, when the financial crisis hit and there was this, uh, we didn't have a depression, but we had a recession. We call it the Great Recession. And what happened, people lost their homes. Mortgage foreclosure had never been so bad. Uh, People, millionaires were standing in food lines. And I was interviewed on this show called Mind Over Money, uh, a channel here in Washington, D.C., W.U.S.A. And uh, I would be interviewed by the host, and they would ask me a series of questions. And then I would take phone calls from people in the greater metropolitan Washington, D.C. area, along with three or four other people. And one of the primary questions that came up, which I'm sure is coming up now is, I received a letter from a creditor, let's say a credit card company, and they've sued me and I have to go to court. And what happens, people actually have to go to court and the court is gonna decide if they can make an arrangement to make payments on a credit card or a car payment or whatever it may be. And I told people what they should have done is contact that lender. A credit who have the credit card and have them set up an arrangement whereby they can pay it. Because once you go to court, there are court costs as well. And uh, it's just what happens. And I think if, in fact, in the next, I'd say, 90 days, if the companies and businesses don't open back up and people go back to their jobs, uh, not being a remote employee anymore, then a lot more people are gonna experience what people experienced in 2008. And of course the Obama administration came in and they had this financial recovery plan and that financial recovery plan helped get everything going again. So now we're back at that same point, but only this time we have a pandemic to go with it. So I recommend what people do is to reset, rethink and redo all of their finances, get a monthly budget, write down every um, item area, whether it's uh, food, whether it's healthcare, which is, you know, number one, you got to get healthcare given this pandemic and total all of that up. And then a person has to ask themselves, well, you know, how, when do you identify when you're in, in a lot of financial trouble? Well, you identify it when you're taking one credit card trying to pay the bill on another. That's a sure sign there. Or if you go to your bank account, and the back bank account has an echo in it when you say hello. <laughs> and it happens. It's happened yeah. to the best of us. It. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody. It's just an experience. It is. And, and so uh, that's, that's uh, one of the things that I recommend that people do to go back and make a full assessment and then take what's happening today at this very moment and, and start from there moving forward and take it into February. Continue to pay off debt, pay it off, pay it off. Even if it's just a small amount, pay it off. And then uh, probably by mid-year, June 2021, uh, people should be pretty much back on their feet. When it comes to a mortgage, though, that's something that requires a lot more negotiation with the lender, but they're willing to, to work on that. And with the credit cards, it's just a matter of talking to the creditor. Uh, being proactive and not not allowing the bills come in the mail and just throw them away as if you didn't get them because it's not going to work. The, the judges are going to hold everybody accountable because that's how they make money too.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So that's, that's what I recommend. Get a financial plan, get a budget and work on that budget to be, become debt-free. And once you become debt-free, maybe one day you can lend money to other people. And that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> that's a great thing.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Better to be a lender than a borrower
1: i agree Mm -hmm. um i work in the school system so how young is too young to teach children how to be financially literate
0: ah now that that's a really great question and i can address that uh, just right off the bat Uh, a child is never too young to learn financial literacy it doesn't necessarily have to take place in the classroom but if there's students even in first grade second grade You can teach them fundamental things about money, about, well, how do you get money? Uh, As my father and mother used to say, you're going to have to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to work. And when I mean work, I Mm -hmm. mean, it needs to be legal. Okay. And not illegal. (laughs) And uh, we want to preface that. And and nowadays, since uh, when we look at generation Z, Uh, Generation Z uh, uh, children were born with computers, so they were born with technology. And a lot of them have already started to build chatbots, and they build websites, anything with artificial intelligence, they know it inside out, and at a very young age. And as a part of that, uh, when we teach them entrepreneurship, in addition to getting a job someday, it really makes a tremendous difference. And So much so that when we look at uh, children in school now, it could just be a matter of having a class and using that class just to teach them how to exchange money. Because to me, I've observed some children in a store and they pay for what they have. They have enough money to pay for it, but they walk away when they have change coming back to them because they're not used to handling dollars and cents. Right. You know, physical money, everything now is going more virtual. And I'll give you another example of my involvement with especially financial literacy. Uh, After I retired from the Air Force, I volunteered for the governor of Maryland and he put together a financial, I was on a financial working group. And so I started working with one of the state senators and we were able to lobby the members of Congress and many of them that you see on television today. And we lobbied them to say, Hey, you know, Don't you think it'd be a great idea after what's happened with this great recession that children will have an option to take a class on financial literacy. And so that particular bill passed and it was Senate bill 500 and it passed in the state of Maryland. And it gives the uh, students an opportunity to take a financial literacy class, which I think is great. And I I think once a a, a child, no matter what their age is, you teach them how money works When they they grow up, eventually they'll learn how to make money work for them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that's really what the goal is because we want them to be debt-free. Even when they graduate from college, you don't have to have any uh, bills, high bills, you know, for college uh, tuition. And so we want them to be able to finish debt-free. And I have a friend of mine, and that's exactly what she did. She had both of her children attend college. And they were debt-free when they finished. And not only that, but combined household income between her and her husband was $250,000. And I'm like, wow, you could afford to pay for your children to go to school. But she has a way of doing it. And she starts working with the children at a very, the families and the children at a very young age to get them qualified so that they don't have to pay tuition. So Paul, are these lessons
1: taught in what? High school?
0: Uh, these the lessons that uh, took place uh, in, at least for the financial literacy in Maryland, uh, it takes place in high school. Okay. But uh, there are also some youth entrepreneurship uh, courses that are being offered as well. And that's part of what I do as well. I teach youth entrepreneurship and as a part of that financial literacy is, is rolled into that. Uh, to help them to understand that uh, they can be their own employer, because young children nowadays, they want to go their own way. In fact, when a survey was conducted, 40% of the children stated they don't want to work for anyone. I said, I love these children because I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what happens is that uh, they want to 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 change the world and in changing the world they also want to own their own business but not just one business but multiple businesses and so that's what the the research is showing but um as far as the lady who provides the courses uh to help uh, students go through college without paying any money uh she has a paid program that people have to go through but she's good at what she does i've I've seen her uh, met her last year uh, virtually, of course, in a um, joint venture uh, a program. And uh, she's she's doing a lot. She just did actually a TED Talk in Las Vegas uh, about uh, last weekend. She just did a TED Talk on this very topic. So uh, it's also a part of money, financial literacy. If you don't have to pay the four years of college, that's financial literacy. <laughs> yes,
1: that, that's great.
0: Absolutely. But no, no age is too young uh, to teach children how to handle money. When, I'll give you another example. With uh, both of my children, I have two teenagers, one 17, one 14. And I just go to the bank. I get some dollars and cents out. I put mm-hmm. it on the table. Okay, you're gonna just made a purchase, this this virtual purchase here. Uh, <laughs> show me what how much change you should should get back. Or if you sell someone, how much money should you take? And that's really the start and the beginning of the money. And once a child gets used to money and knowing how to to exchange it, that's when they're on their way to something great. Now, one of the other things that's coming into play, which I've been reading a lot about, is that at one point they're not going to be in the dollars and cents. It's all going to be virtual. Right. It's going to be cashless. And now the United States is even saying, hey, bring in your coins, your pennies, your dimes, and nickels and quarters, because they've somehow run out. So it's the aspect, okay, what happened to those coins? Right. (laughs) Did you build something with it? Did you sell (laughs) it on the market? And so it's more probably going to go towards this Bitcoin and this cryptocurrency, uh, aspect of which i'm still doing research on because I, I don't want to really put a lot of money out there and then one day it ac- literally disappears into thin air
1: exactly because
0: that's happened too people get scammed i believe that oh yeah yeah
1: so on that- my next question paul i've sure. heard people mention money mindset important to have a money mindset
0: well, that's a great question. And uh, we could, let's go through this just a little bit. And I think this is probably uh, the most important thing that we can all know. Mindset in and of itself is how a person sees the world. It's what they see every day. It's uh, daily habits. So that's what a mindset is. And then it's our perspective. It's probably what our mother and father has taught us over the years. That's, we have a mindset, well, I should live this way or I should, should go to school. You know, our parents want us to go to school. Our parents want us to get good grades. They want us to go to church. You know, they want us to to have a relationship with God. That's a mindset. And then when we look at, okay, you're going to church, well, you are the church you're going actually to a sanctuary. So, so uh, what's happened is when we have a mindset and when we have it as it relates to money, Uh, When it comes to money, it's all and if whether we had a money talk with our parents. For example, I can remember asking, Dad, you know, I'd I'd like to, uh, uh, a few dollars, I want to go to the movie with my friend. Well, son, I don't have any money because, you know, I have nine other children. I just can't give you any money. And that's just the reality. So that was a money talk. Right. But uh, a real money talk would be, a mother and father or guardian or aunt and uncle sitting down with the nieces and nephews as an example and saying, okay, let's talk about money. How, if, if you're a teenager, you have a part-time job, let's say at McDonald's and you're going to take that money. Are you going to contribute that money to the household to help pay some of the bills because you live in the house? Or are you going to save that money, save it up for college? So that's a money talk, but it's getting everyone in the family together and uh, talking about the importance of money. And we need everybody on board on this team because if we do it right, then we'll eventually be debt free. We'll start generating wealth. Then we'll start investing maybe in some stock or we will in some real estate or some land, whatever it may be. And then at a certain point, we can get some wheels drawn up. We can get a trust drawn up and we can have legacy wealth and that trust uh, as uh, written up by that that lawyer or attorney, they can set up that a uh, legacy wealth for hundred years or thousand years, and so it depends. And that's really where we want people to be, because when we think about the fact that we have three trillion dollars in debt, I in all likelihood won't be living when that's all paid up. <laughs> <laughs> My children will pay some of it, and then their children would be paying. Those that money back at some point. So uh, that's kind of what that money mindset is. Now, let me give you two other pieces of the puzzle. So we're going to do like a 3D here. The first part is some people grow up in a scarcity mindset. So in many ways, my, what my dad was telling me that he can't give me money to go to the movies, that was a scarcity mindset. And the reason why it was a scarcity mindset of which he didn't know it, and I didn't either, is that there could have been a way he could have found some money. He could maybe go to his mother, my grandmother, and say, <laughs> hey, grandma, uh, can you give him some money? Oh, she would have doubled what I needed, right? Right. And cooked me a cake on top of that.
1: Lord and of those are grandparents for <laughs> you, There yeah. it
0: is. And, and so that was the scarcity aspect of it. And even for me, because I didn't want to go to my grandmother. I said, well, you know, she probably needs her money. She's living alone. And then... Um, And so we have that that takes place. There's a scarcity mindset. Well, we just don't have enough money to get this. You know, you want to get this nice, nice, uh, new smelling car. You know, car smells new (laughs) inside, right? Uh, You want to get that new outfit, that new suit, that new dress, new pair of shoes. I want to take this trip. I want to go down to the beach, right? And so we're saying, well, I just don't have enough money to do it. (laughs) So, people say, well, how can you reverse the scarcity of of mindset? You can get a gig job, part time job. You can deliver food. Um, You can um, counsel people. You know, you can uh, do that. Uh, Mentor. Uh, You can work uh, a part time job. Let's say a senior, you see a lot of seniors work at Walmart. So, and they're getting Social Security and perhaps retirement. So, They're getting a side gig. So they're taking that scarcity mentality and they're turning around. And then let's look at the abundance mindset. The abundance mindset is, you know what, Robin, whatever I think about, I want want to get, I'm getting it. And the reason why I'm getting it is because I can find some ways to get it. I can, and legally, (laughs) (laughs) I can get a part-time job. I can sell some goods if I have some, clothing I've never worn. I can sell that. You know, you can put it on Etsy and uh, some stuff you can sell through Amazon. It's just a lot of ways of doing it now. And that's a person who has an abundance mindset. They don't have a limit on uh, what they can get for what they want and what they may need. Whereas the scarcity mindset, there is a limit there. You know, it's one and done. Once I think about it, And I say, I don't have it. It means that I'm not going to get it. And so uh, that's the difference with the mindsets. We all have one. And we can also say it's part of our lifestyle as well, how we live. And the beauty of life, uh, what I tell everybody is, is that we don't need to live our lives to impress anyone else. And Robin, you already know, who do we need to impress? Who do we need to, to, to look good in front of? god himself
1: uh, exactly
0: god himself and everybody else well it's a bonus right
1: <laughs> exactly
0: but i don't have to do uh, things the way other people want me to do them because it may not be what what's right in, in god's eye and so i say i take the position well this person may not like what i say but god is cool with it so right. i just just let it roll and so <laughs> What happens is people want to keep up with the Joneses. You know, we've heard that quote. And when you're keeping up with the Joneses, you realize that the Joneses are in more debt than you're in. <laughs> yes,
1: they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> they
0: just don't look like it. You know, they got a car shining like new money, they're wearing nice clothes. They're going on these trips where somebody's going to have to pay for all of that. And, and that's, that's what- That's
1: right we- in the end. Someone has to pay for it.
0: And that's why. America has $3 trillion worth of debt right now. Too many people trying to impress other people that don't even like them and, and it happens every day.
1: Yeah, That's so correct. Uh-huh. So, so another thing, Paul, how yeah. do you know what to invest in, man? What are the best stocks to invest in?
0: I would have to say, um, I, I wouldn't be able to give you a proper answer on that because it would require some research. But what I would recommend, and, and, and especially for this, this show, uh, I would have to recommend a financial advisor. And the reason why I do is because they're certified to do so. If I were to give you a stock tip or anything like that, and you invest in it, and you lose money. I'll be the goat, but it won't be being the greatest of all time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll, be, exactly, a, I'll exactly.
0: be a real goat.
1: You have to use your mind it's like, okay?
0: That Paul Van, he gave me some bad <laughs> advice, right? <laughs> right. And, and so I would say, recommend a financial advisor. And I've had many uh, on that I've interviewed on, on this podcast. And the reason why I brought them on is because I know that they're uh, certified to do such and they have to not only get certified once, but over and over again, depending on what type of stock, that they are, are whatever investment instruments they happen to be be uh, working in. So I, I think that that would pretty much take care of it. So, uh, yes, a great question, by the way. And do you have any other questions at this time?
1: Not at this time. I mean, you've answered all my questions.
0: Okay, fantastic. Definitely
1: gave me a different mindset to think about, you know, wealth, you know,
0: Yes. And I want to uh, before we go, I'm just going to end with a story I want to share with you. And this is a real life story. And it's an African-American woman who lives in Mississippi. And uh, at the age of six, she got sick, so she couldn't really go to school that much. And so her aunt really kind of took her in. And so she didn't want to just sit there in her, her aunt's house and do nothing. So what she decided to do was to wash clothes. And there was a nearby university. And uh, so she would set up a business for herself when she got a little bit older. And her aunt was actually doing it before. So they would take clothes from some of the students or the faculty and staff, and she would wash the clothes and then she would iron them. And then they would pay her for that. And then for a while, she didn't have a bank account. And Over time, they said, well, you know, you've accumulated so much money, you probably want to put it in the bank. And she did that. And of course, what happened to her was that her money kept accruing, it kept appreciating, it kept appreciating. So what she had invested and through that appreciation over the years, she ended up with $350,000. Well, well, actually, I believe she ended up with about 150 dollars to $200,000. And once the alumni found out about what she had done, they doubled what she had uh, accrued over the years. And she donated all of that money to uh, African-American students so that they can attend college, which I believe is the uh, Southern Mississippi University, University of Southern Mississippi and so my story to everyone is this. Um, if you, we use just common sense and be very practicable, practical and we live within our means and she didn't really do anything for herself. She didn't really buy a whole lot of clothes. Uh, she didn't really take a whole lot of fancy trips. She still stayed in the same house that her uncle and aunt had been in. And so she didn't really have a whole lot of bills but she was smart enough To save that money and then the blessing came in that she gave it all away
1: that was beautiful isn't
0: isn't that something i mean that that's when i I read that i was like wow if she did that guess what i'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) that's just an inspiration it's inspiration. very
1: inspirational. Yeah. And that's what people fail to realize. You know, really, our life is not for us. It's for us to be able to listen to others.
0: To help others. Exactly.
1: Yes, to help others. Yes. Because we're all going to get in that, you know, we're oh all going to need help somewhere God. down the road.
0: Yeah. In the later years, we're going to need the help. And nowadays, even the young folks need help because yeah. a lot of them are going, you know, heart attacks, high blood pressure, diabetes. And uh, that's so, so true. Mm hmm. And so she, she's really uh, an inspiration uh, to me every time I think about it. And, and I said, well, you know, we have to really live with what we need more so than what we want. We want everything. I want everything. But when <laughs> we, we come down to practicality, uh, just the, the uh, basics, you know, a roof over your head and nowadays health insurance yeah. and we need some food. That's it. Uh, if we need a little transportation. Yeah. Throw that in there. But other than that, we really don't need a, you know, we really don't. Must agree. Yeah, we we need God. I know that.
1: <laughs> Definitely God. More every God. Every second, every minute, every hour, every exactly. hour.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, Robin, thank you so much for being our wonderful guest. The Wealth Academy Podcast community honors your presence, my friend. Have a wonderful new year, and may it be your very best.
1: Thank you so much
0: for having me, Paul. Will do. And to all the people in the Wealth Academy podcast community, we want to thank you for being just tremendous uh, subscribers and listeners. And right now, we're in 23 countries. Uh, I just recently saw that we brought in South Korea. We brought in also uh, Scotland there, the UK and Scotland. And so we're in 23 different countries And uh, I think that speaks volumes. And after the United States, which has the most uh, listenership and downloads, India, the beautiful country of India, has a lot of listeners. They're they're, uh, the second in line. So they appreciate uh, what we're sharing. They're appreciating this coaching session with Robin Michelle today. and We definitely thank her for that. So uh, go out there, uh, listeners, and go to uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. And look for Wealth Academy podcast, Wealth is More Than Just Money. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van, And uh, take this episode, episode 66 with Robin Michelle, a coaching session. And she asked some uh, wonderful questions to help not only you, but to help me too and herself. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. My time is up, and I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening. See you on the next episode. You will find the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy Podcast. Rate or review the podcast on iTunes.